You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. Hey, it is my sister's birthday. I don't know if she's getting older. I don't know if she's 50 yet. She might be. She doesn't want me telling anyone on the air. But anyway, happy birthday, Nancy. If you're listening, <laughs> Tom, how you doing, buddy? I'm I'm good. Seeing as we're doing birthdays, I'm going to wish a uh, happy birthday to my best mate since I was like four years old, Tom Lumley, who uh, lives out in Taiwan, and he's going to come and visit me after wow. uh, I'm done in the Philippines. So, nice, uh, nice. Well, happy yeah, birthday, happy birthday, Tom. Tom. Nice. He listens to the show from there as well, so good. it's one I, of our global listeners. Has he sent you any uh, fan mail? <laughs> uh, no, he said he, he said he's gone up Monkey Mountain today, which is like we, we went up Monkey there, Mountain? me and him. And it was like it was it was getting towards dusk, and yeah. and we kind of got we got about we were getting towards the top, um, and he, he runs up there all the time, and the monkeys there are like properly aggressive, like they've been they'll they'll steal all your stuff, gotcha. and I think I think they might have be, even been known to rape human beings. Get out of town! <laughs> How do they do that? Yeah, probably like a small human. I, I I don't know, but anyway, it was getting to dusk, right? And we're walking along this like wooden sort of gangway, and then suddenly there's about fifty of these monkeys, no and obviously kidding. they're a lot smaller than you. Right, right. But when they're on like the railing next to you, they're literally at your height, and you know they're very aggressive, and they've been known to steal stuff out of people's bags, or literally just to take your bag. I think I wow. think Tom actually had his bag stolen once no by them. Kidding. But anyway, so he, he climbed that today, and then he said he was having a coffee. But, um, yeah, he loves the show. He, he does listen to well, it good, regularly. Good, fantastic. Well, look, you know, last week we weren't on the air when it, and our show didn't uh, get broadcast, so we had Mike Blesh on from the Wednesday night JKD, uh, Wednesday night uh, group in from Chinatown JKD, and Dieter Casey from, well, he was in Arizona, but he's really from Belgium. He heads up Primal Europe. But we had technical difficulties. The show was a great show. No one will ever hear it. We had this crazy echo. I don't know if it was caused by the board here or the connection from where everyone was at, but uh, we'll get those guys back on and we'll you know, do them individually or whatever it was. But it was a good show. But it was a, like what I was telling you, Tom, when I was here, I, I was really, you heard it a little bit, but I heard it a lot. So every time I would say hello, about two seconds later, you'd hear hello back, you know, almost as loud in my headset. So it's very I, I wonder if maybe it was God listening into the show. <laughs> Could have been the Almighty he's a, himself. He's, a, he's big a big, fan. Fa- big fan. He wants to listen to it live, and he you know to, he's, he he's creating an there. echo. I told him we're booked for the next couple of weeks. We'll have to wait his turn. <laughs> or it could be your Zen. It could be my Zen. It could be the electronics from my head. But anyway, and then um, this week uh, we were supposed to have uh, a good friend of ours, Eric Scheffler who is a lifetime martial arts, who is an Atlantic City, New Jersey police officer. And now he recently won, you have to run for the election, the sheriffs. He's the, I guess, is that me, the chief, or what do they call him? I don't even know. Um, you don't know either, apparently. I, I don't know. Over here, it's totally different. Yeah. Uh, you'd be something like chief inspector, constable, something yeah. doesn't Some sound anything like as cool. So I knew he's, a hard Atlanta, he's the head of the Atlantic County Sheriff's Department, whatever that title is. And unfortunately, he was double booked. He had some other obligations. So he was he's not going to be on the show. It's just going to be Tom and I just bullshitting about a bunch of things. We reached out to a couple of people last minute. But, of course, everybody did not live up <laughs> to the glory of God and show up. 
So we'll have a good time anyway. Hey, I got to take care of a little bit as I want to cover something. I know, Tom, you got a bunch of questions. Feel free to interrupt. But you can hear our show on HamiltonRadio.net Saturday night, New York time at 9 p.m. and 9 p.m. UK time on Saturday night. We can be heard on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Sonos, SoundCloud, Amazon, Alexa. What's going on with Stitcher? Are we still going back and forth with Stitcher? Yeah, fried side. Good Lord. There's, see, when you go on these things, they want your show, and then they make you jump through hoops to, you know, connect to this, right? You have a dot in the wrong spot on the on the feed. And then are you actually speaking to someone live on the phone, or is it all via email or text? It's emails. It's r- real people, but they're both blaming each other. Right, That's which the, is a r- you know. r- royal pain in the ass. I just want to mm. talk to a live person so I can walk through the. But they, they don't want to do that. It, it drives me crazy. I was on the phone speaking of – well, our local cable company, or uh, Optimum Online, I don't know if you have that. Oh, God, not this one again. No, I know. They can't right now. So here's it. <laughs> I'm literally two days late with my payment. It's a $137. You know, and I just, you know, it's a couple, of, and it's not, I could have been early. I just, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I get busy. I work 103 hours a fucking week. So I didn't yeah. have time to pay the fucking goddamn cable bill. So at 640 this morning. Because I'm at the gym. At, I was at the gym at 4.15, 4.05, something like that. They shut the goddamn cable down. And then you have to call into the phone, and, and it's a message. Put this number in. Put this number in. Nonstop takes, like, 20 minutes to get through all the prompts to pay the bill. You know? God damn it. Well, I, I, can, you- I can go on Amazon.com, order some dildos from China, and have it here by the time that conversation was over with Optimum Online. My God. And anyway, you've done that many I've done, times. Well, I have done it, I must admit. <laughs> Chinese dildos. <laughs> don't they have direct debits over there? Or they do, but they, they run you through. I don't know how it is unique. They run you through. You know, press one if you want English. Press two if you want Spanish. You know, boom, and then and then it's you know, is this the correct number you call from? What's the address of the account? What's the PIN number? All this security. So it takes like 15 minutes to go through all this bullshit. Then an operator finally gets on the phone. They go, can I have your uh, your code? Well, what didn't I just put all that shit in? So they want all that information again. And then they, of course, have to read, like, the disclaimer, like, on the drugs, you know, the side effects of this, you know, boom, and 10 million things that, you know, you need to know about this. This will be recorded for quality control. Well, well then you're going to get fired because you're not helping me pay my bill. All right. I got to drink some monster energy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, let me uh, go back to what was they doing? I was right. Oh, OK. Let me get back to business. Good Lord. I'm on a tirade here. Um, uh, the showboat. Uh, we're going to have, we have a bunch of events coming up. Um, here's what we got. The June 30th, June Bug Memorial Championships at Primal Gym. We might have to move that day uh, date back a couple weeks. Um, just a lot of fights are going on locally, so it might not be a good thing to do. July 14th, we have the Billy Robinson Classic Catch Wrestling Tournament at Primal Gym. So there's an actual tournament going on all day. That night, the 2018 Catch Wrestling World Championship will be going on. Josh Barnett. Former UFC champion, youngest uh, heavyweight champion in UFC history. He's a legend in grappling world. Uh, he'll be fighting for the heavyweight title from a, a, a guy from the uh, from the UK who, whose name I do not have in front of me for whatever reason. Uh, July 15th, the day after that, we have a catch wrestling seminar. It's a whole weekend full of catch. August 11th, primal MMA fight night at the Showboat Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. We'll be in the Bourbon Room, which is formerly the House of Blues. It'll be a packed house in there. So we have a ton of local fighters. It's amateur MMA. September, um, 
Uh, we'll be doing another uh, USA Boxing event at Primal Gym. And in October, back at the showboat again, I'm doing a professional and amateur. So it's a pro-am boxing event. So it'll be half professional, half amateur. Um, a lot of my fighters have been It'll be a great card. I already spoke with USA Boxing. So things are in the work of who we'll actually have on that card. Holy shit. And then November 3rd, Primal MMA Fight Night 2 at the showboat Casino Atlantic City. Um, We'll be going on it again. So uh, we have a full card, and it doesn't count any seminars that are going on or any of the nonsense I have, but that's a pretty much a full boat. So that's why I work 103 hours a week because I'm do- running all this nonsense, the gym. And, of course, my only free time is to come here and enjoy my quality time with you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I live a sad existence, don't I? You, know, <laughs> you can stuff. say something. I mean, it's a radio show. You can say something many times. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, so basically... I was sat on the tube, which is our word for the subway. Uh, t- the today. tube. I never heard um, that expression. What's, what's that come from? Uh, it, it's like sort of got a round shape to it. So, so rather than it just being, you know, it's like arches. Very old, very old. Yeah. Our subway. It's not, no aircon. It's, it's uncomfortable being on there, especially we've had really good weather here. Um, but I was trying to think, what should, what should we talk about on the show? And I've just written down loads of. Um, uh, questions right. for you jim mccann for me all right I well, that i might chip in on as well but i was just going to tick them off and ask you loads of questions if it gets boring we can just change the subject and i know knowing you and i will just go off in some directions yeah, anyway we go off in tangents all over the place you guys should be at the pub with us <laughs> let's see how that goes <laughs> all right i'm going to start start off with a big one oh right are martial arts dying are martial arts dying? All martial arts are, is the whole thing of martial arts dying. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're funny. I, I, you know, I think so at some level. I think there's a real quality control issue. Uh, I was again online, and I don't want to say what art or whatever, but I am ex- dumbfounded by the amount of sifus and professors and grandmasters and, you know, uh, out there on YouTube and uh, and whatever, and you find it on Facebook. And uh, someone sent me a clip. One of my students sent me a clip of this guy doing this stuff. And oh my god, um, I don't know how they wa- do that and not think it looks terrible. There's no inside thinking on it. No, you know. So at some level, I think I think a lot of guys want to be the man right away. And then what they do, they get their black belt and they open up their school. Happen to be decent businessmen. And become you know semi successful. Um, the challenge with like back in the day, you you had to actually go buy a video. Do you remember Panther Video? Was it, do you remember that at all time? Was that before your time? Nah. So in Four the eighties and stuff, the, the only real video was um, record. There was no YouTube, nothing like that, no internet, right? So you actually had to purchase a video out of Black Belt Magazine, and one of the biggest companies was Panther, I believe, if I remember the, the name of it. So you'd order a Panther video from let's say. Um, Dan Inesanto or Paul Vanak or whoever was out there, it would be about 40 minutes, pretty much terrible quality, you know, and it'd be like 60 bucks. But that was the only way. So it was really much more difficult to get your name out. Now, guys, if they're a little bit savvy on the Internet, on social media, they can kind of make a name for themselves. Quality editing, you know, <laughs> you know, so and I think there's no real depth of knowledge. I mean, I get guys who come in and say they trained and done all this stuff and they're this or that and then. You watch him move and, and perform, and you, you realize that it that simply can't be true, you know. 
we're online, but yeah. boy, I wish I could. You know what? I think one day I'll just name all these people I think that are jokes. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be your book. You know, you yeah. said you'd never what do a book, care? but, but just, not, just I, yeah, I call everyone care. out. Right. I don't sweat. Like, they're free to do their own thing, but often, I mean, I, God damn, it's just, it's bad stuff. It's just not, uh, there's no, like, it's the biggest thing, no depth to what they're doing. Zero depth. And uh, it's pervasive through a lot of martial arts, whether it be, um, you know, JKD or some kind of combatives or even Krav Maga is guilty of it, for God's sakes. You know, a lot of, you know. So I I think that's kind of what I was getting at a bit in that I think the desire to learn the old school traditional martial arts is slightly waning. As in you would have had loads of karate schools, taekwondo schools. Right. Um, certainly for the kids, um, but a lot, a lot of adults doing those kind of things. And I think, I think that interest in those is slightly waning in favor of either sports fighting or, um, uh, these combative systems that are kind of, to my mind, somewhat of a shortcut. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, and I think that, that alludes your point about whether there's anything really underlying them, any real substance behind them, because, right everyone wants everything really quick these days they want to you know they want to get a, a, a black belt or an instructorship within two years um and it, it just waters down everything to the point where it's, it, it's it's not the martial arts that i recognize right no no doubt i mean uh everyone wants to come in pretty much the mma bjj and Maybe boxing or kickboxing and all these other great arts are 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 dying on the vine um and and then those who are doing it, there's far less quality. You know, uh, I know several guys and I've trained with been fortunate to train with them who are fantastic and they really kept the pureness of it and the toughness of it. And you just don't see it. I was doing um, joint locking the other night and um, and had a bunch of uh, my, my guys in there, even some of the guys that came over from the BJJ class just to try it out and stuff. There's like, how cool is this? You know, now I get that you're not going to be able to go out and pull off a, a wrist lock necessarily day one. It takes years to do that stuff. But they really found it rather fascinating, you know. And I says, you just can't get this anywhere anymore. It is really fading. And I hope there's a, a trend so that those arts don't get lost, you know, mm. to the pure sense. Whether it's a pure, a pure art or not. But, uh, yeah, I, I try to keep what I know alive to the best of my ability and credit whatever source I may have gotten it from, or a lot of times I don't even know where I discovered stuff or figured it out, but, and try to keep it pure. I mean, cause I'll show like a traditional wrist, like how it was taught. And then I show variations of that, you know, like the caveman jujitsu stuff that we talk about, you know, mm. but I love it. I love it. I love it. Why do you think people are so obsessed with being an instructor these days? It's power. It's ego. It's exactly what it is. You want to say I'm the man. I know everything. It's right. <laughs> You know, I'm the better instructor. I'll give you a perfect example. And everybody talks shit. I really do my best. Uh, if someone says they train somewhere else or whenever, or I see someone, I might have a thought, but I really do my best not to let my ego get involved and say, I'm a better instructor than this guy, or my gym's better than this guy. I just always very good or whatever. Good, good. I'm glad you checked out. I even encourage people to check out other places. I'll give you a perfect example. So there's a guy locally who's, a, I guess, a buddy of mine in, in the boxing world. This guy came, checked out my gym, and he said he was going to check out a bunch of gyms. And he had gone, and he only learned about this guy's gym because I told him about it. He said, you should check out so-and-so's gym. He's got a good program, too. Maybe it's a better fit for you. I'm trying to do what's best for the student. 
Now, from a business perspective, that's a complete no-no. You don't tell him about Johnny's karate up the street, you know? So he's good. Mm-hmm. So he goes into that school and, or that gym and talks to them. And then he comes back to my gym later that night and goes, hey, I was down. I checked out so-and-so school. I go, good. How'd you like it? He goes, it was good. I said, yeah. I said, you know, it's a little bit different. There's a little bit smaller. But, you know, you know, in size, it was, we're just taking that. I said, but they're good instructors. They, you know, they're good guys down there. So, you know. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah, that they're a lot more experienced than you, you guys, and they knew a lot more. And I went, I want to strangle this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> because I sent this guy to him. You know, first of all, that's untrue. Um, but even if it was, let's assume, right? Just to take that point is kind of a, how would you take that, Tom? You sent someone to my school. You say, hang on, I'm going to get you. Say, so a, a kid comes into you, Tom's Kick-Ass Karate Academy. I think that's a good name for your school when you open it up. And then, <laughs> and then you say, and 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 the kid goes, well, I'm checking out a variety of schools to see what's a match, right? And I'm not a hard seller, so when people come in, I don't go, you know, let's see your credit card, let's sign you up. You know, I just take a couple classes for free. You know, we have a nice conversation. And I tell them, I want you to feel comfortable with your decision of being here. I want you to be my best advocate. Mm-hmm. Really open and honest about it. And then, so anyway, so this kid comes into your school. And they say, have you checked out McCann's, you know, Ninja Strike Force Academy? And then, uh, <laughs> these are great Good names. Night. And then, and then, now then they comes over to me and I go, well, McGrath, yeah. He used to be a student of mine. He's not very good. So, but he, uh, he once he got his black belt, he left and opened up his account. Whatever I say, right? This yeah. kid comes back to you and repeats that. How would you respond to that? Would you come and beat my ass? If it depends whether there's truth in it. Like, if I sent someone down the road to say train with a Pat O'Malley or yourself, who, who I didn't send him down know. the road to train with him. I sent it because he was looking at a variety of gyms. Yeah, join. So he didn't go to. Title boxing, or I love kickboxing, or CCAT, which are generally kickboxer size or boxer size places. I said you should check out these places. I named a couple places. You know that so we're friendly. You know the gyms are friendly. It's not an ego. And if that is a better match for him, so be it. So that was the case. It wasn't say, hey, you go train with Tom. I think I'd, I'd have to try and rise above it a bit, but kind of say, look, you know. <laughs> There's got to be a match, you know. So it's like it's like a, a relationship. You, the instructor and the student. There's there's often actually like a um, you know the, the the students end up being quite similar to the instructor. Right. They, they sort of selectively choose each other. Yeah. Um, I think you know I'd I'd what I'd want to say to them that you know we're probably not the right fit then. You're you know you you are all welcome and and Lack used the term being a liberator. Um, right. You know, you you enable people to go and follow their own path, and if that means that they're in something else, I'll give you an example. Right, Lack Lack right. said, said so, someone contacted them the other day, and he was like, "I really want to learn JKD. I really want to do loads of knife stuff." Da, da, da. And Lack was like, "Well, we don't really do hardly any knife stuff." Right. Um, and and the guy goes, "Yeah, but I really want to join your school." And he goes, "Yeah, but if if it's the knife stuff that you're really passionate about." I, I, I'm not just going to take your money because I'll be doing you a disservice. Right, that's um, you. You should go and train, and I, I think he recommended another couple of groups that maybe were uh, probably rapid artists or something like that that were um, uh, proficient with knives. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, the people that you piss off in this industry, they're gonna. They always say that you know 
when when you have a complaint, you're going to tell nine people. When you're really happy with service, you're going to tell one. Right. Um, and those people are going to. You talked about some people being your advocates and all that kind of thing. Right. You you, you don't want to make too many enemies. So it, it, it sounds like he was trying to have a bit a bit of a, a dig at you. Yeah, which but, was, um, it was the crazy thing is I saw him the week before and he's you know like best buddies with me. You know I'm not mad. I just I try to sit back and go. What, what? Why would you? How does that help the situation? I'm like, how does that improve? So it's like trying to up. It's like I said, it's the ego. I'll talk bad about you to to make me feel better about me. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Right? Tom's no good. He, he should really be studying with me. I'm the one who really knows kung fu. You know, his kung fu is no good. Now we're in a 1960s chop sake movie. You know, you've insulted a Shaolin master. You know, so this leads me nicely onto my next question. What I, I makes got, a great teacher? Next question, I, got another, I got another thing for you. Go on. Okay. Right, see, we're going off the... Oh, Tom's like, oh, no, I prepared, and Jim's fucking it up. <laughs> 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 well, tough shit. <laughs> so here's what's up. So in a lot of worlds, there's a lot of loyalty at some level. Like you said, you join your gym, and you were with this guy for years, and there's a, 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 a an intimate relationship with the instructor and student. And... Um, so anyway, so this and it's by especially by the way, and it's in a lot of them, but at least around here, especially in BJJ, for example, if you went or at a training at a particular Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school, if you go train with another school or fight on or do different things without kind of permission or their knowledge, you're kind of banned, you know, you're, for for life. You know, they mm. you're done. You you you're not allowed to do this or that. There's certain rules because they're very loyal, loyal in aspect. I, mean, I, I saw something with Hicks and Gracie talking about. Why do I want to give this guy my heart and soul and teach him everything I know for him to run down the road and fight under another guy's colors? Mm. Right? So I'll give you an example. Had a guy come in. I won't tell what kind of martial arts. He was a, he'd been with me on and off for a couple of years. He left a couple of times to explore other things, which I was fine with. You know, I allowed him to break his, his contract. And then he came back, and then he got his shift switched at, uh, and he said he can't make it at night anymore because he's working evenings now, right? He's a, a union worker. And sometimes there's shift work. And um, then as it turns out, I see on Facebook, which is every kid's worst nightmare, is that he fought for another school. Mm. Right? And I'm, you know, and I go, hmm, how should I feel about that? So it seemed like, not that I'm mad that he fought for another school, but it seemed to me that you were a little less than honest with me. What discipline? Uh, I don't want to say. Because it will give it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it doesn't matter. Let's say it was, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, fencing. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a great fencing team there. I teach fencing. I've been trying to keep it secret. <laughs> so, so like, but like, how would that make you feel? Yeah, shit, shit. I mean, I, I, I've la, the school that I operate in is lax school, um, and right. that that's very clear in my head. But I, I, I've always, I've often had, I've often felt some sort of, sort of sense of loss when a you might put a bit of effort into someone and they give it up and they right. drop it, or you form a bit of a friendship and a bond with with some of these people. And 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 they walk away, or, yeah. or they don't they don't see the value in it. Um, I, th I think that's probably magnified for lack. However, 
I think he's built up a thick skin slash, you know, he's quite zen these days and, and, and yeah. therefore lets it wash over him. Right. But um, I, I would certainly, I would certainly be disappointed if a student felt I couldn't take them where they wanted to, to go to and I would do whatever I could to take them as far as I could. However, I, w- I, I do recognise, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm 36 years old. I, I've done 10 years. and better disciplines and therefore it'd be right for them to you know I, I'd be right to support them in going off and being with someone else the, I think the, the issue the major issue that you've got in this case is that they've not they've not done right by you exactly. and you you would you would expect them to have come and talk to you and say look do you mind if I have I, I still want to be with your gym or something like that or or I am thinking about leaving because of xyz but that that sort of um, the faith that you put into them hasn't been re- reciprocated. Right, exactly. There you go. That's it. Because you know, yeah. I, I do have contracts uh, with people, and then you know, I allowed him to break his contract so he could work, and then you know, I didn't have to do that legally. He's bound by that contract. Yeah. So yeah, I said yeah, sure, because I'm a regular guy. I get it. Okay, I'm not going to make you pay for something that you're not able to use. You know, so go ahead. My, you know, and I wouldn't have minded, by the way, if he had, had he been training at some other school at all, quite honestly. It's that mm. kind of being blindsided and not be, being less than honest is what, because I really give it my all there. I've given up a lot to make all this happen, you know, so when that happens, so, so I stew on it and really don't, you know, in the end, the only one who kind of gets screwed over is me, you know, when, if I allow this to happen. So I, I got to figure out how do I. Lay down the hammer, as they say, and not allow that to happen. Lack of what? I had an interesting conversation with Dieter about this because because yeah. he 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 lives and breathes martial arts um, in much the same way way as you do. Oh yeah. And at times we're we're very close. So at times when he's got a bit depressed about say maybe like the students not maybe recognizing enough some of the things that he does for them like you know bringing instructors like you over there arranging trips and, and those kind of things um he, he's got quite down about it and his 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 wife said you know look you, you've got to recognize that you're quite you're quite unique and you hold yourself to a higher standard right um and it's you know the the, the students underneath you don't don't live for martial arts in the same way and they're not going to live up to your expectations of training every day right um etc etc and i thought that was very well said by her and i I don't think you know i don't think i can apply the the same i I don't think i can apply my standards to everyone else i've really invested loads of loads and loads of time and money into martial arts (laughs) for the last 10 years in a way that most people won't and and they say black belts are the one percenters and i think it's important to bear that in mind because you know another question i was going to come on to is about how you know you've got with a gym they say like you've got 33 percent people that don't go but they pay the membership you've got 33 percent of people that do go semi-regularly and then you've got 33 percent that go all the time and those 33 percent that go all the time um they're effectively funded by the other two brackets it couldn't a gym couldn't exist if everyone went all the time and trained all the time because it just simply right. wouldn't be the capacity yeah my place so, is right now but... <laughs> but and that's the way it is with a commercial endeavor really right. um sad but i think 
probably I have two thirds of the people there pretty much regularly, several times a week. And then yeah. there's a, a third um, that some won't show up for two months and they come back, you know. Um, uh, so I think my numbers might be a little bit higher for whatever reason. I don't know why, but nothing I, I've done. I think just mine seem to be a little, are those real numbers? That's just numbers that you kind of are. I, I think it's a rule of thumb. I mean, I, I always like the 80, 20 rule. Right. Um, I think, I think you right. can apply that to everything. Right. Right. No, you're probably right. That's probably true. Like there's, do you have the gyms like planet fitness and retro over there and 24 hour fitness? We, we've got every, everything. I mean, it's ex- exploded over like the last 20 right. years. I think well, we were behind America before right. then. Well, so these gyms fill the void and they've been out in the past. I know this because one of my good friends owns one of the largest fitness centers in the country. Uh, he's on the presidential fitness thing. So he's a, a powerful person when it comes to that industry. And what has happened because our economy took a shit in 2008 these gyms would open up and they charge 10 bucks a month. I think there's a $99 registration fee. So it's 99 bucks a month, right? I mean, excuse me, yeah. $10 a month. Essentially, you're renting the equipment. Some of them may have some classes. Generally, the trainers are 18-year-olds who just got certified on a weekend class or something like that. Um, but they, for them, for example, there's one here in town. I think it's about 3,000 square feet. I did the math, and I, I mean, they have to have something like, thousands of members just to keep the doors open and the place could never house everyone at once it could only house maybe 200 people but yeah. it's predicated upon the fact that you new year's eve i'm going to join the gym i'm going to pay my yeah. nine and i'm going to get in shape and three weeks later i'm done i'm locked in a contract and they collect that 120 bucks for the year yeah so, so so these kind of places they they're a recent relatively recent phenomenon in in the uk mm-hmm. um and i went to one the other day and if it, you you'd t- get a code type it in on the door yeah. you then get scanned in the same way as you would do in, at an airport and then you're into the gym which has no members of staff except for like one cleaner who's kind of wandering around right and i was i was thinking of joining this place and i spoke to my friend who was a member of the virgin gyms like richard branson oh, yeah. and which is right next door charging 100 pounds a month whereas wow. the other one's charging 20 pounds a month right. and i was like well you know why don't you just join the 20 pound one and he goes they're just it's, he said it's just so ghetto they're always fighting in there and i said really they're fighting in there and he goes yeah <laughs> he was ghetto. in there the other day yeah and um yeah, someone wanted to use the bench press, and he goes over and he goes, "Yeah, can I? Are you going to be done on the bench soon?" And he goes, 10 minutes." And then the guy he, go, he sort of goes away, and then he comes back and he goes, "Are you, are you done on the bench?" You know, like yeah, he, he's been on there for ages, this right. guy. And then the guy started chasing him with like a pair of dumbbells around the gym. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> "That's awesome." So yeah. that's that's I guess what you pay for is is maybe being around a, a slightly better class of people. Right. Well, I mean, probably the Virgin Gym offers a lot more amenities, I'm sure, than the ten. It does yeah. more like a health club, you know. Right. Right. Um, that's funny because we'll get people who they either shoot an email or they call and go, "Yeah, how much is it to train there?" You know, like swear to God, I'm like. Yeah. Um, and then I, I cut it off. I take over the conversation. Who am I speaking with? This is Tom. Well, hey, Tom. What are you looking to do? I don't know. I want to get in shape, you know? I got a big fat ass. You know? <laughs> I swear to God, this is my life. This is what I get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, have you ever trained before? Yeah, I used to get in lots of street fights, you know? 
Yeah, you know, I swear to God, this is a conversation. Well, uh, Tom, we do a lot of. Yeah, I give him my, my little spiel and my elevator pitch. I need to have you. You know, if if I don't cut him off already, I need you to you know come in. You can take a few classes. We'll meet. We'll talk. You know. Well, how much is it? You know. That's all. The, well, do you want to know that I can teach anything? Or you just want to know it's a go? Because the problem with, by the way, giving the price on the website or on Facebook or even over the phone, and I, I give them a, 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 a right, is that. The price doesn't really, it's not a true indicator of what you're getting. There's a quality of stuff that comes up with that. You know, for 20 bucks, you go to that one gym. In, in, yeah. What's it called? Is there a name of that gym? Pure Gym. Pure Gym. So There's a few of them. Yeah. For Pure or 100 bucks for Virgin. What are you getting for that 100 bucks versus that 20? Both will have bench presses. Both will have treadmills. But I guarantee yeah. that $100 one has a lot more behind yeah. it. So if you just looked at the price alone, you're making an uneducated uneducated decision. And, but yeah. I, get that, I get that all day. And, and I, I, I do always think it's a bit of a red flag as well when you've got people ringing you up saying, how much is it? And they haven't even bothered to look at your website. Right. Have you been on the website? No. What, what do you want looking to do? Well, I don't know lots of things. You know, I'm mean, like, holy shit. You know? <laughs> I swear to God. You know, yeah, I, I had if it one wasn't guy, your Tom business, you'd be tempted just to say, yeah. look, you know, if you, if you can't be bothered to read the information that I provide on my website or come down and meet me in person then this gym probably isn't for you. Right. Well, you know, the real truth is when you have the website outside the top page, the landing page, which has a general information, phone number, email, all that stuff, there's less clicks. If you look at the review, you know, I'm sure like as you look at the other pages, you know, on mm. these subsequent pages, whether it be bios or testimonials, the number one is the first page. And, and people usually go to that just to get the phone number. They don't even look at the schedule or anything like that, and which just can be frustrating. Like, all that information's there. Uh, but yeah, we get that all the time. I had because what I got to do is when they call up and stuff, I have to size them up. Does this guy sound like he's you know a disconnected or a girl? And then I, I you know I have to deal with that. But um, more often than not, you know they just want like you said they just want that number and uh, they're making that bad decision that way. So I have to try to coax them to come in because the product sells itself, the gym sells itself, the instructors and so on and so forth. And if you don't experience that, like I said, you can't make an educated decision with it. But every day I go through that. I had one guy call up and he goes, uh, yeah, whatever. How much for MMA? And I go, uh, I'm sorry, who am I speaking with? He goes, no, I'm good. That's what he says to me. No, I'm good. Like, he yeah, 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 yeah. I told you that story, yeah. right? I fucking yeah. hang up the phone, right? And, and then I walk. I'm like, holy shit. Then he calls back like five minutes later, ten minutes later. He goes, I think we were disconnected. I said, no, I fucking hung up on you. I said, if, if you're not going to give me your name, I'm not giving you shit. You know, the great thing about owning your own business is nobody can fire you. <laughs> I can, yeah. you know, I tell the students, well, can we do this? I, well, you can complain to the management, but I, I can tell you the management doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, wow. Do we get way off the topic, Tom? Uh, no, no, no. I think we're doing quite. All I right, think we're, we're doing quite well. I'm, I'm going to go like a bit left field. Just, oh just no, not left field. I'm surprised uh, you know what left field is. Are women attracted to fighters and martial artists? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just my experience. <laughs> and and I, why I, do you think that is? But they are or not? Probably they are. We I just, mean, like any any athlete, anybody who has a sort of a position of power. Is probably attractive to to somebody out there, you know. Did, did you find like when you were a fighter or when you were on the doors? Did you find that um, 
you, you'd get see a bit of action no. and not in the fighting sense. <laughs> no, I was too busy partying. I didn't give a shit. Because yeah. <laughs> over, over here, like the girls, they will, they, they like the muscle men on the doors and they will, you know, flirt with them to get into the nightclubs. Of course. Yeah, but now nah, that's so superficial. If you can't see through that. You know. All right, so I'll, tw- I'll twist it round. Is does it work vice versa? Like, do men find female martial artists attractive? Um, I don't know that to be true. I mean, it might be because, like, if that was your interest in your girlfriend or a girl you're interested in, uh, was engaging in the same activity that you enjoyed. I'm sure there's an attraction. Like, you'd want your spouse to kind of like the same things, whether it be movies or football or whatever right <laughs> i don't know what do i know yeah i can tell you're out of your comfort zone already <laughs> no <laughs> girls don't <laughs> girls don't talk to me <laughs> I, I personally have always found it quite attractive like you know it's it's, it's a rare minority that actually do it oh, right correct, here's, correct here's another one um when teaching women what specifically would you change versus teaching men nothing exactly the same exactly I mean, here's what I mean. I'm not going to dummy it down for them. There might be certain things they can't do because of uh, strength issues or whatever it might be. But I teach I teach the woman the exact same thing I teach the man. Now, there might be some variations on how to do things because of size and strength, you know, but it's essentially the same thing. Why do you, will you do it different? No, no, no. I, 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 I do the same. I just... I just make some points around the awareness of that size differential. Of course. Um, in a way that maybe, and I think actually it crosses over from, from, from uh, onto the other side in that a lot of the stuff that will get taught to women around focusing on eyes, throat, groin, etc., might not get the same level of emphasis with men, the more combative style stuff. And I think that should right. be emphasized to men um, because again, those things stop fights quickly right. and again i think smaller men need to be aware about you know you might hit a really big guy you might hit them and they're not going to go down so you, you, you I, I like your old rule of if someone's 20 percent bigger than you you've got to be 20 percent better than them right um so no you're right i wouldn't i wouldn't change very much yeah no right i got some guys who are not that tall and they go what if the guy's six four and my answer is well don't do this move you know you're, yeah you're, you're, here's a variation that you can do and that's why I often show like five possibilities. I might show whatever this particular move is. We work on it. And you know, look, in martial arts in general, work best against guys who are similar size and weight to you or smaller, right? Mm. When they start getting bigger, stronger, you know, they're great issues. So you have to shoot for the vital areas and you have to be that much more slick. You have to have more variety and versatility and be able to adapt and overcome. You know, you have to make some shit up on the fly. <laughs> not always so cookie cutter. We just do it this way. This is how we, that's a problem with systems often, right? We always do it mm. this way. Well, if he's six, if he's a six foot five linebacker for the fucking New York Giants, you got an issue. That guy's a yeah. big mean motherfucker. You know he's going to tackle your fucking kung fu ass <laughs> to the ground. I get to, I may have shared this story with you once a lifetime ago when I was a bouncer. We got in a fight with the local college football team. Me and two other bouncers against like ten guys. And uh, we're throwing down, and the fight was getting – it was totally chaotic. Um, somehow I managed not to get hit. Um, and this one guy, he was a big 
I knew who the guy was. He was he was an asshole. But he, I turned around. I just threw a guy on the ground, and this guy came running at me. He was three hundred plus pounds, maybe six four, and he reaches back. His right arm goes way back, like the biggest roundhouse you could see coming. As I turn around, he's running at me with his big right hand, and then. What I did is I just did a bob and weave and moved out of his way. And he goes flying over the table. I mean, had he hit me, he'd have probably killed me. <laughs> you know, because there was no block that was yeah, happening against yeah. a gigantic football player. You know, so the boxing certainly helped me there being evasive and stuff. But like I said, his size, if I didn't know boxing, if I didn't know how to be evasive, had I not even seen him class, had my back still been turned, he'd have hit me to the back of the head. I might not be here today. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but he, he might be 40% bigger than you, you, but you probably were 50% better than better, him. Right. I saw him example. come. I was able to do, you know, so I was a boxer and I, I was able to move out of the way and he completely missed. But if I didn't have that skill set and had he hit me clean, man, who, I'd have been fucked up. He was a big dude, big, strong dude. So we, actually, right. uh, we ended up going to court for some of that shit later on. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble. All right. Here's a good one. Um, is is there any angle in martial arts or sport fighting or combatives that you feel isn't covered yet? Mm. Or does everything already I think, exist? I mean, look, you've seen like multiple opponent MMA. You've seen weapons kind of fighting and like similar to MMA, right? They have well, their training stuff, right? I mean, I guess they're outside of, I guess I could put guns in there of some kind, some munitions. <laughs> but yeah. none of those are that entertaining. You know, as far as a, a sport aspect, you know, I think all of fighting pretty much has been around forever and we just keep reinventing it and discover new things. But at somewhere, somewhere on the planet, someone's probably done that or something similar, you know. So Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. I, I, I think the mental aspect that sort of lack places quite a lot of emphasis on is is one area that may be does get overlooked right. um not to say it's never been touched upon but right, i, I but think that's absolutely, one in today's day and age absolutely yeah it's gone right it, it, you know years ago when you spend more time on that stuff now it's you know they don't want it and of course every student wants something different some people want to jump up and down and sweat real hard other people are more interested in technique so or the philosophy so it can be quite a challenge but i think everything's probably been covered at some level okay here's another one um for many Teaching police or military is the ultimate sort of level of teaching or kudos. Right. Um, but what are the drawbacks of working with these types of individuals? Um, <laughs> well, let's see. Um, a lot of them don't want to do it. In general, uh, you know, they're being forced to by their superior. Well, Depends on the individual, but a, a lot of the guys that don't want to be there, they don't want to pay for the training. If it's covered by the department or, or the government, then they'll find they might go reluctantly go. Um, uh, but that would be a, a thing that there you have sometimes, not always, but sometimes that audience that would rather be watching a football game than be engaged in it. So they're not engaged in it. Some of them, I'm not saying mm -hmm. everybody, that's, but that could be a downside. Also, when you teach for the government or police to department or something like that is funding is an issue <laughs> where is the money coming from you know um I've yeah you you got quite a lot of work at one stage and now i guess the government have cut back on it right well here's essentially how it works you have a contact a point of contact and that per and that person uh loves you and then they've served their time and they've moved on somewhere else and a new person comes over and takes that position they might that might not be their priority anymore you know, from mm. the powers that be might have determined, hey, you know what, 
we're spending too much time on this and money on this. Let's take that funding and put it here instead. So that's how I'm. I still do a lot of stuff with the police, not as much. I actually not sure. There's a, a base down the road from this, about 20 minutes. So I do get a lot of uh, military who come up and train, but they're training up on their own. That's coming out of their pocket. Government's not paying for that as much. What's crazy, even with the police, the crazy thing about the police here is the one thing these guys have to do a lot of is that they have to, um, you know, put their hands on other people's bodies and, uh, you know, tackle someone or restrain them. And that's a, they spend the least amount of time doing that. You know, it's very odd. They spend more time learning how to write a report or write a traffic ticket than they do in how to restrain somebody properly. You know, and uh, the department, that's just because it's all legalese when they're, I teach at a local police academy. It's for the state, but uh, so what? And I, I'm the defense, one of the defensive tactics uh, instructors. So um, we're often moved at different times because they they have to learn report writing. They have to meet with the attorneys on what they can and what they cannot do. You know, and mm. they love it when we're there because it's like eight hours of training and it's a lot of fun and engaging and and we do a, a terrific job from it. And uh, but you know, most of our day spent on. Like I said, the legal aspects of being a cop. Who can you touch? What can you say? What can't you say? You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, that has to be done. But the one thing I guarantee if they're working in the city in New Jersey is probably day one, they're going to have to put their hands on someone. What I mean by that is I have to grab you, Tom, put you to the ground, yeah. put the cuffs on you. Now, if I only spent two hours out of the entire 24-week police academy doing that, how fucking good do you think I'm going to be at that? Not very good, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, why, I, by the way, remember, keep right ahead. I remember when we had um, Mike on. He was saying how, in his first ride along, I think he was he was he was still very much a trainee cop, and he, I think that's when he had his first, you know, having to draw the gun and shoot right, someone. Yeah, well, Mike is a big, tough guy, and knows how to fight, and he had no problem. But yeah, a lot of these recruits aren't so big and so tough. You know, they're mm. they've never been in a fight, they've never wrestled, they've never boxed. And now they're yeah. on the street with a guy who's just crawled out of a cardboard box who doesn't give a shit. Matter of fact, uh, I won't say the department thing, but I did see footage of a couple of recruits that were just out of the academy. They were trying to arrest the guy, and and they couldn't arrest this guy. This guy was, fuck you, go arrest yourself. They didn't know what to <laughs> yeah. do. They didn't know how to handle this guy. They didn't know how to take him down. They put their hands on him. He pulled away. Get the fuck off me, he says. This is all on tape, right? And... um so it, why why did that happen? Because they're undertrained, you know, and which is kind of a sorry thing. But but I don't know. I do enjoy it when those guys are engaged and stuff. But when they're not, it can be like anybody else. When you want to teach someone, I'd rather teach someone for free who's vested in what I'm teaching than have someone pay me and not give a shit. Yeah. Because if you don't give a shit, I can't give a shit. I've had clients come in. Hey, mostly teenagers, mom brings, you know, little Johnny in or something like that. And you could tell this kid doesn't want to be here, you know, and it's a struggle. It's a battle to kind of get this kid to do things. And then I've just said, you know what? You're wasting your time, my time and your money. <laughs> I've actually had that conversation. And they're like, what? Yeah. I go, I'm just doing the right thing by you. You're giving me money, but Johnny don't want to be here, you know? <laughs> so that's on yeah. your end. That's not me. There's two points I wanted to make on the, on the you know the police and military stuff. So, so one was someone someone said to me um, they were talking about police officers and shooting because I, I was doing um, I, I did 
fair bit of shooting last right. year and they were saying how many police officers are terrible shots because they don't like you said they actually don't have the interest to go down the range and work it of course right. some of them will and some of them some are fantastic right. but a lot of them don't have that training thrust upon them and don't emphasize it in their own time um and another thing was was what hawk said about boxing um where he was you know i'm going to get you moving in in such and such a way and he said, but I'll never call it boxing because the next thing uh, the police officer will want to learn how to box. And of course, in an industry where, you know, litigation's everywhere and it's um, it's all about restraint, them learning how to box is a skill that really you don't want them to have. Right. right. Um, so, so the kind of the, you have to understand the, the rules and objectives, I guess. Right. No, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's fine. Right, here's here's one for you, Jim. Yeah. Uh, and you might not, you might find this one difficult or controversial. What was your easiest black belt? <laughs> Let me think. Um, uh, I don't know if any of them were easy. Um, I think they got easier as I went. I think the toughest was the first one. Um, and then I was able to early on just make a connection with how it all blends together and, and, just have a laser focus on what really worked and how to execute it. So they all became easier as the time went along, I guess, you know, um, why that is. And I, it's not a reflection upon any of the particular martial arts. I just found it easier as it went along. Yeah. Once you I, I think the JKD's helped me the terminology from JKD, which, which Pat uses a bit in the RA because he's, he started uh, to some extent with JKD. Right. Um, th that terminology and understanding I've been able to apply to the, the the harness and the boxing etc and and other bits and bobs and then there's other elements that the understanding of the weapons you can then cross that back over to jkd and other bits for, right. from the ra so um yeah i agree with that it's the cross pollination and right. understanding Ooh, all the, how those different bits go together yeah yeah the cross pollination that was very clever tom <laughs> ah, thanks <laughs> um Right. They say all black belts are the one percenters. What attributes are universally common in black belts? Tenacity, intensity, for the most part, you know, um, obviously dedication, you know, loyalty. You would like to think not everyone's like that. I mean, that's of course, that's a big, broad brush to uh, kind of sweep everybody with because there are black belts out there who are anything but any of those things, you know. But those would be some of the better qualities, I think, you know. Because you know, yeah. it's years and years of throwing the goddamn same round kick, you know, or the same punches over and over, and, and dedication and, and and practicing it slow and the memorization of what you're doing. It is not an easy thing to do, whatever martial art is. You know, some are more difficult than others. Some are more intricate than others. Some just require more time than others. But essentially, in the big broad brush, those might be some of the qualities that they might possess. At least you'd like to think they possess. Some guys will just get through it and get it anyway but for for most that there is that that hard work that they put into to get it what what would you say was your greatest challenge in martial arts <laughs> my greatest challenge i have no idea i don't even think about it it's all a challenge getting up in the morning and going to work is a challenge <laughs> i don't know dude i don't know i don't think about it that way i, I just i just do it you you can come back in a few weeks on that one. No, I don't, right. I don't um, even know where that would be my greatest challenge in martial arts. I mean, 
Um, okay. Maybe there. I don't know if this is it, but this is a, and this story is actually on the Wednesday Night Group website. Is when I've been doing martial arts since I was like seven. I'm like 18 years old. And um, I wanted to pick up a notch. I realized that the, at that time there was not all this. No, no, there was not 2,000 schools teaching everything within a couple mile radius. There was like two karate schools, you know, and a kung fu school. And mm. so what happened was um, at 18, I get this idea that I want to box and kickbox. Did I ever tell you the story? I must have told you the story, right? About going to like one of the worst uh, or toughest gyms in Philly, right? Well, this this was a Trenton one, but same thing. It's all the same area. So I um I go down to Trenton and I and I go into this uh, boxing gym, not in a very nice area. And I pull up, and you know there's you know, all kinds of people on the street, and you know it just it was. I walk and I walk through the door, and then. And it's a long hallway with paneling, like this wood paneling from the 60s, you know, down this like 40 foot pathway. And I'm walking through that door and and then I come up to the door. It's foggy. Right. And I go, woof. All right, here we go. And I open the door like an old Western. Yeah. And like everybody, (laughs) the music stops. Everyone turns their head and they see me walk in. I'm like, holy fuck. What did I just do? You know, and I go in there and uh, and then I talked to the owner of the place and said I wanted to learn boxing and whatnot. And he told me it was, you know, $15 a month at the time. That was it. Right. So mm-hmm. I go in there and I could move pretty good. I, I, I knew how to shadow box. I looked like Ali. Like I thought I did, but I could move pretty good. You see me move. It's surprising how well I can. Yeah. Move. So, and I guess by the way I moved, they made the assumption I knew how to box, <laughs> which I really, I knew how to fake how to box, but I didn't know how to box. So I, I and they go, hey, big guy, oh, big guy. I was like on 180, 190 pounds. Uh, you want to do some sparring? And I'm like, what now? Do I really want to do some sparring? I said, oh, yeah. I, like I was the tough guy, like shit in my drawers. They put me in the ring, and this ring, by the way, was a low boy ring. It was like two feet off the ground. It had a white canvas cover, not not uh, uh, not um like I have at my ring, a black one you can mop and stuff like that, filled with blood. I mean, it was blood everywhere on this <laughs> yeah. thing. The ropes were loosely tied. And then the spit buckets were like two-thirds filled with spit, like they've never changed them at all, right? <laughs> so I get in the ring, and I go, Pitbull, this guy's from Atlantic City. So this guy comes in the ring. This guy looked like a fucking Neanderthal, man. He had like a, you know, this big squish nose from getting beaten on, you know, flat forehead. I swear to God, I watch the documentaries on History Channel, and I go, this guy's the same dude, you know? So I get in the ring with this guy. And um, and I'm moving around, and I'm dancing. I go, oh, this is easy. And I start tagging the guy with a jab. Right, pat, pat. Ooh, man, I got this shit going. I'm doing this alley shuffle. Pat, pat. And then all of a sudden, I drop a right. Boom. Clean. Busted this motherfucker's nose. Like, I put his nose to his ear. Right? So this guy goes, grunts. Like, moves his nose back to his fender of his face and beats the living shit out of me. <laughs> I mean, just beat me to a pulp. I'm in the corner. Right, and the room is spinning. I'm like, where's the timer? 30 fucking seconds. No way. Who could live 30 seconds? He is unloading on me, you know? Well, he was, I didn't know he was a professional boxer. So he was letting me get wow. some. Yeah. Like, it's like he, was, he was letting me get working, and I fucking popped him like a retard. Oh, excuse me for those. 
<laughs> not PC here. So I pop him, you know, and I, I probably pissed him off, obviously. So he beats the crowd. So all of a sudden, there's like three, two, one, ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm still standing, right? And he want to do another? I said, no, uh, I'm good. I want to take it easy on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he might break his fist on my face. And uh, I got out of the ring. How I remain stand to this day is, uh, is a mystery to me. But then, um, so, so then uh, after I do that, then I, I talk to the owner again. And I actually paid him for a year up front, you know, like 200, whatever it came to. And he actually yeah. gave me a key to the gym because he was chasing people for money every day, which do I do. But that might have been the toughest thing I had to do because I had to go into a completely unfamiliar environment, step in there and good or bad, you know, and I, 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 it's probably good that I was completely ignorant as to what was about to happen. <laughs> and I stuck with it ever since. Now, as a result of being in that gym and in the gyms of Philly and Trenton and stuff like that, you know, it, it, Trenton was, had a, a very strong history of boxing and had some really fantastic fighters coming. I, I you just got good. You go mm-hmm. in and you take your beatings and eventually the tide turns, you know, and then you start kicking ass and, uh, and beating guys. Another part of a funny story. So recently, um, someone brought this kind of this kind of Spanish guy into the gym, and uh, we were talking about whatever. He came in and and he had boxed in the same gyms I did in the past. Through conversation, we we discovered this. You know, you're talking, having a good, you're having a discussion, and then during this discussion. And I said, I trained at so-and-so's gym. He goes, really, when? I said, I told him. He goes, I was in. He goes, holy shit. I remember. He goes, you were that white boy beating the shit out of everybody back in the day. <laughs> Swear to God, this is his exact words. I'm not making that up. Well, he didn't see me get my ass beat for about two years first, you know. But it was a yeah. funny story just how this random yeah, – and, and then I remembered who he was. And, but it was an interesting conversation. But I took a lot of beatings down there. And it really kind of set the path for – for me going on to other things and not being afraid. I mean, if you can go down and box in Trenton and be okay, you, you, there's a certain level of toughness. Like Trenton's a tough city, you know? So, right? so it's, it's, it's not, not in, you know, that's, right? that's a great story. And I think that's it. All the stories are, you know, that it's, it's got to involve overcoming adversity. Right. Do you think you would have fought in the UFC? Had it been available in your day? Do you think you would have been good enough? Um, well, back then when I did that kind of stuff, it was like the old UFC. There was no, you know, it wasn't very um, organized. The talent certainly wasn't what it was today. That's like saying an old soccer player or football player from the 60s, could that guy play in today's league? Like, could Pele, who is the great, you know Pele, Pele is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Could yeah, he play yeah. today? Would he be good enough? <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It, it's, it's the class that he's got. I think he, we, when you combine that with the conditioning of today, which he would have had that level of training, right. then yes. But if, if if you take him as he was then versus right. the players now, no. Right, that, right. If he could, right, if you could pop him in today's world, sure. But right, like you said, you know, the G- Jim Brown, one one of the greatest athletes, and football players, retired way too young. Um, like, would he be good enough to start today? I'd like to think so, but guys are bigger, stronger, faster. Their technology, their training methods. You know, back then there was, you know, it was a different world. Like Jack Dempsey, could he fought today? You know, or or um, or any number one of them, Sugar Ray Robinson. You know, would they? How would they, how would he have survived against Mayweather? Now, would he have destroyed him? 
What would he have gotten his ass beat? I have no idea. And there's no way to ever know that. These are just ridiculous questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a good one. What advice would you give to someone thinking of opening their own gym? And this is partly with me in mind because it's kind of a bit of a <laughs> Don't dream. Don't do it. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it's, it's re- here's what you got to do. If you're open, and I, some, who asked me that recently? Jesus Christ, someone someone contacted me recently. I, I remember who it is. Okay. Um, and they said, what advice? It's funny. Almost, it's like you you logged into my Facebook and read my thing. And I said, well, the pro- you need to be a black belt behind the desk. All right? Is it going to be a public yeah. school or is it going to be like a private club? Like, are you going to do it in your garage, in your house? Or are you going to actually rent a space? Because they're two very different animals, right? Originally, when I did it, I was charging 25 bucks a month, maybe 50 bucks a month. I was just covering my rent. I did it because it was my hobby and I loved it. My rent was real low. Didn't matter. Now that I have a 10,000 square foot facility, it's a completely different animal. So I have to spend hours every day on the phone calling people, following leads, generating stuff, trying to figure out how to promote the gym. All that matters 10 times more than my skill on the mat or in the ring, quite honestly, because I could have no talent, but my talent could be bringing people into the gym. There's a lot mm. of schools like that around here. They, they have 300, 400, 500 students, kids mostly, you know, and, and they're making, they're laughing at me on their yacht, you know? <laughs> yeah. Look at that dipshit teaching reality based martial arts. <laughs> I teach this and I'm, I'm vacationing every week, you know? So that's the key. So, of course, we'd like to be talented, be able to communicate, and that is all very important stuff. But really, the number one factor is your ability to work the books, the desk, the follow-ups, yeah. all that. So many guys, even so my partner is like, hey, did you uh, did you call so-and-so back? Oh, I forgot. You can't forget. you got to be up their ass. Yeah. Statistically, I believe it's eight it, it, times that you follow someone up before they tell you to go fuck themselves. Um, they tell if, us, if you ever read that book, The E-Myth? No, I've no Are you familiar with the E myth? No. So the e, the e myth, the idea of the E myth is is, ba- is 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 known as the entrepreneurial myth. It's I think the guys from like Alabama or something like that, oh. and it's, it's the number one book for small businesses really? in the world. The E the, the entrepreneurial myth is the idea that, for example, let's say you're um, the best martial artist in your gym, right? Right, and you kick everyone's ass, and you you you're also the best instructor. So you think the next logical step becomes I open up my own gym. However, the the skills to run a business are totally different to the skills that that were what they would describe as a technician. So the example he uses in the book is a is a hairdresser. They're great at cutting hair, but, you know, they can't fill in a spreadsheet or answer the calls in in that way. So I think you've highlighted that very well. And and I'm looking up that book right now. Uh, yeah, he's very correct. So many guys. I know a lot of talented guys who said, you know what, I'm just going to open up a gym and everyone will come because I'm a black belt in this type of martial arts and everyone loves me and I'm great. And they're out of business within a year to two years. They spend all their money. I've had, yeah. the, I've been running gyms in different configurations for a lot of years between the last gym and that we upgraded. Within three years, I upgraded from 3,000 square feet to 10,000 square feet. And let me tell you, it's a struggle. I work, I kid you not, 103 hours a week. I figured it out, all right? Um, so it's a lot of work. I got at the gym this morning at 4.15. You know, I left the gym today to shower and come here to the radio station. That's my break. This is it. Right when I'm done mm-hmm. here, I got to run back. Matter of fact, we got to cut off soon because I got to get back over there um, to take care of some stuff. 
So, yeah, that's really the truth. I mean, and that's a surprise to people. They don't want to hear that. They want to think they're going to, you know, put out some flyers and everybody will come. Ooh, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, a cu- cu- couple more questions yeah. before we wrap up. Um, some people go their whole lives without having a fight. Yeah. Um, they might say we're, we're kind of wasting our time doing all this stuff. Right. What would you say to them or how do you feel about that? You mean um, like a street fight or like a, a ring fight or anything? Like why would we you do know, it if we're not going to be in a fight, you mean? Yeah, like I, I can think of a lot of my close friends, you know, they can't really understand, probably my family as well, why I do all this training wow. and do um, – and even myself, you know, I, I – I, I fantasize about the, you know, someone tries to rob you and you no, smash you their don't. face. Because <laughs> what happens is not much fun. Um, in reality, in of reality, course. Yeah. Right. Um, I do it, as Bruce said, it's my personal expression of myself to find myself where I'm strong, where I'm weak, and it helps me mentally, physically, spiritually. So it transcends just me kicking somebody's ass. That's the least important thing of it all. And God forbid that you have to use it for real to defend yourself. I worked as a bodyguard and a bouncer, so I had to do a lot of real shit, right? But that's not why I got into doing it that way. And I think, you know, I do it just because I love it. I love it. It helps. It transcends martial arts. It helps in every aspect of your life, I think. This. And it could be other things, too. But for me, it's this. It could be golf for someone else. I have no idea. I, I, I totally agree with that, so I'm not going to even input on it. So I've got two more. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's. If you had a chance to redo your martial arts journey, what would you have done differently? If I had a chance to redo my martial arts, what would I have done differently? I probably would have moved out to California early on and worked. You know, there's tons of talent down in Southern California, you know. Uh, we're, in, we're in New Jersey at that time when I started in the 70s and 80s. There was very sparse, you know. But, but I mean, as far as training with him, I mean, I might have taken, although I did I have a lot of tournament and fights and stuff, I might have been more focused on that than on other things, you know. Maybe would have pursued out some other people for different reasons. But I'm very thrilled with how it's gone for the most part. I've been very fortunate mm-hmm. to have trained with who I've trained with and meet the people I've meet, met. Um, so, um, God, I don't even know what I've done. Yeah, like, I've traveled. It's all about the journey, not about the destination right, anyway, right, right? Right, it is. It really is. I mean, I. I can't, how do I, how do I, how do you put a price on like, you know, going over to Belgium or the UK or Ireland or wherever I've been and meeting new people and, 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 uh, you know, having a pint and bullshitting for hours. Mm, how, mm. What, what's that worth? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you replace that with anything else? And that, you know, it's been great. You know? Okay. L- last question. What have you learned about yourself and what are you ca- and what you're capable of through doing martial arts? What's martial arts brought to your life? Well, right now it is, it's <laughs> what is it? It's you know I think it allows me to um, believe in myself and go through things that other people may not be willing to do. In general, like Goggins would talk about. Yeah, I think I, you know, I posted something about Goggins today, didn't I? Did you see I that? saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was listening to him uh, hear some of his stuff again today. Which, oh yeah, he, you know he's right now. By the way, uh, rumor is on the street that uh, he will be on the show in the fall when he's promoting his book. Now that could all fall apart. 
Uh, but uh, hopefully he'll he'll be on. I think it'll happen sometime in November. Yeah, Q- Q- we, we've got some exciting guests lined right. up for sure. Right. So like here, here's the quote by Goggins, and this is true. And I, I came upon this, and I'm so sorry. If you have any mental toughness, if you have any fraction of self-discipline, the ability to not want to do it but still do it, if you can get through to doing things that you hate to do, on the other side is greatness. There you go. Yeah. I couldn't have said it Love better that. myself. And I said, what, that was when I read that, I said, God damn, I got to put that up. And when I put shit like that, it's really for me. Fuck everyone else. <laughs> it's to go, I have to read that and say, you see that? And that, that, so that's it. I mean, doing things that I don't want to do. You know, there are times, you know, I don't want to get up at four o'clock in the morning and work till 10 o'clock at night. Doesn't matter. There are times I don't want to do a push up. Doesn't matter. You just got to mm-hmm. do it anyway. And you, Coggins talks about suffering and whatever it might be. And, and at the martial arts has really allowed me to do it. You know, Getting punched in the face. Sometimes you don't want to get punched in the face, but sometimes it happens. Speaking of which, by the way, on a side note, I was I, my knees jacked up, but I was sparring someone the other day, and uh, look, this guy hauled off and cracked me really hard. We're supposed to be going light, you know how that works, right, Tom? And, and then for that split second, <laughs> get, like my eyes yeah. turned like green. You know, I was like, my shirt was busting off. I was gonna fucking murder this guy right in the ring. You know, just for that split second, I go, whoo, calm the fuck down, because I was going to kill him, because he stepped it up a notch, you know, took a cheap shot, you know, but I had to keep kind of go, oh, good shot, you know, <laughs> want you to know I could have killed you. <laughs> was that in catch or not? No, this was boxing. Uh, okay, right, right, yeah. right. Oh, your knee should have been all right boxing. Well, you know, the challenge, because I'm moving around, the guy bumps you and you go, there. as long as I can control the movement, I'm fine, but if you were to push yeah. me and I go on a wrong angle... I had the, yeah, I told you I had fluid drained out. I'm ha- I think I'd go back next week or something. Yeah, we were in in the show. Everyone missed. We were talking about how Jim got the fl- in in great detail about how the fluid was drained out of Jim's oh, knee and then my hip injury in your knee and suck out urine out of your knee. It's like piss yellow, and uh, <laughs> and it really is. And it's a tube like the size of this Monster Energy can. It's gigantic. <laughs> And and then, you know, maybe that's what it was. They were just taking out all the monster energy because you're always drinking that shit. They were just taking it out of your knee. Well, I'm I'm gonna have to give it up. That's my way. I've been eating really clean, man, real clean. It's ridiculous. I've been eating broccoli, carrots, and cauliflower, just regular chicken on the grill. It sucks. Um, but <laughs> who wants to eat? Who wants to eat healthy? Um, you know, oh, it, you know, makes you feel better. Oh yeah. So I come home at night. Ooh, what's for dinner? Ooh. Raw blo- broccoli and cauliflower. <laughs> I can yeah, really yeah. sink my teeth into that shit. Yeah, that's suffering. That's oh, the yeah. definition of suffering. So, yeah, so here's the other day, like a little fart story. Um, so I'm, we have this fan kind of behind the counter at the, at the gym, and I'm like 10 feet away from Dave, you know, and, and from eating all this broccoli, you know, it gives you a little gas. So you know, I, I bust a little ass, <laughs> like 10 feet away. Dave's over at the counter. All of a sudden, you see Dave go, oh, my God. He's <laughs> like, I can taste that shit. <laughs> so I, I, it was like a covert, you know. I, silent but violent. Silent but violent. You got it, buddy. Well, that's our. Well, I think we've discussed everything. Did we get through all your questions, Tom? I had a few others, but you know, time time permitted. Yeah, right. I, Let's I, end the show. Um, we got through the good ones. Right next week, uh, we're not sure who we have yet. Right, uh, we have a couple possibilities. Maybe Eric again and. There's a lot of people in the wings. Maybe Mike Belzer from California. Maybe Master Ken. We'll see. So uh, we'll uh, put that on Facebook. 
Um, if you want to get a, a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at uh, primaljimnj.com or primalfightpromotions.com. Fighters out there who are listening, we are looking for MMA fighters for August 11th at the Showboat Casino Hotel in Atlantic City. Going to be a real big show. So go on that website, primalfightpromotion.com. Uh, fill out the form, and then we'll uh, certainly do our best to get you match and get the appropriate matchup for you. Um, Tom, they want to. How do they get a hold of you and your guys? You want to promote jkdlondon.com, rapidhonest.com, rapidhonest.com. All right, guys, great show. Uh, Tom, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Take care. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.